today? Yeah, I'll do the intro today. Okay, four, three. <laughs> Welcome to Saul Rewind, a property of that Rewind show. A property um, of? Is that like a thing, a property of? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. A I used rewind to be. show production or a production from that rewind show or part of that rewind show. Yeah. I mean, whatever tickles your fancy. I like property of. I don't know why. I think I, I like it. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't like to be the property of anybody or anything. <laughs> well, you are. You've got to serve somebody, Jimmy. Maybe the devil or maybe the Lord. Mm. But you've got to serve somebody. Yeah. I'll choose one of those fictional characters. <laughs> Okay, so we're introducing the set part two of our season five and six rewind, which just That's happens it. to be season six. Yes. So it could have been part one of our season six rewind. But yes. what happened was we were recording on th- Thursday night, my time, Friday morning, Jamie's time. We got we re- we were intended to do both seasons as one episode, but yeah. but we ran out of time. Uh, <laughs> Right before we got to episode seven of season six. Yeah. So in part two of the season five and six recap, um, you are being treated to uh, season episode seven of season six. Yeah, which is um, good because oh, no, we left the this show. Is, yeah, but although this was supposed to be the introduction to... No, wait, wait, I fucked it up. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, because we were supposed to pretend that um, okay, wait. we had stopped at okay. the end of season right, five. Right, 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 right. Okay, no, 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 no. okay, right. So, welcome <laughs> to Soul Rewind. Um, uh, what? <laughs> we should just leave it. Let's just leave it. Fuck it. It's um, seasons one to seasons <laughs> season six <laughs> episodes one to seven. Shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hey, that should be the, in. That's a podcast name. Shut up and listen. That's a really good idea. Isn't it? Thank yeah. you. I'm we're gonna have to. Done. We're gonna have to edit that bit out so that people don't rip us off. <laughs> we'll just blank it out. We'll blank it out, and then um, they'll hear us talk about it, but they'll not hear what the name is. So yeah, okay. that's gonna be our. We should do that just as like a general chit chat show. Perfect. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. I think that's a great I, idea. That's a brilliant Shooting idea. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. we should just stop Saul now. Let's just do shut up and listen. <laughs> so really. Um, okay. Seriously though, yeah. in all seriousness, getting down to business here. If we can get down to business. Um all right. So season six, here we go. Are you ready? Yes. All right. We're seven episodes into season six, aren't we? So how many episodes do we have left? I think we have seven left, or is it six or five? I think no, it's six. It's, it's, uh, six. it's six. Isn't it a 13-episode yeah. season? So we've got six episodes left. Right. Um, in case you hadn't noticed, it starts next week again. Woohoo! So we'll have proper full-on live soul to talk about for next oh, week. Oh, that's great. Okay, good. Good news. Um, all right. So, so episode one, season six, is called Wine and Roses. Yeah, uh, it starts off with a really significant flash forward um, to uh, what you dubbed as cleaning out the house. That's right. Um, that was your observation that it was like not just cleaning out the house, but cleaning out the show. That's it. It was like they were taking out the uh, all the junk that had accumulated in the show was yeah. now just being taken out and thrown into the dumpster. 
I loved this this opening. I thought it was yeah. so good. Um, it was quite a lengthy flash flash forward. I think it was oh. a good couple of minutes, a few minutes long, wasn't it? Three or four minutes. Um, oh yeah. And we have the we have the DEA or another law enforcement agency um, literally searching and cleaning out Jimmy's house, like future Jimmy's house. So it's big and it's grand and it's really cheesy and and like he's got a golden toilet and fucking. Yeah hundreds of boxes of Viagra and all kinds of stuff. But <laughs> there's so many Easter eggs hidden in the little segment where they see, we see literally you just see people carrying objects around, but they're from the, the shoes past. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really came across that it was one of these, um, <clears throat> he, he's become one of these people that just has, has wealth, but has no, but no appreciation. Yeah. For any of the finer things in life and his entire life is just filled up with junky representations of, of culture <laughs> cultural you know references yeah, for sure like um and then one of the boxes they actually said the notebook was in there the blue balls were in there and the side of the box had no value written on it and it was like <laughs> that was just saying look all that stuff in jimmy's house ultimately just Has basically no had no value whatsoever oh my goodness yeah <laughs> funny isn't it i wonder yeah. if that's like a yeah, because in a way they, they don't recognize the value that it has in evidence. Like the little notebook was the the vet's notebook, and although it yeah. was full of code, like that's, that's like right. the, the list of all of his goons, really. And yeah. um, a lot of the stuff that we saw were linked to Jimmy's other scams and all the things that Jimmy did that threw yeah. the out of the wind. And um, yeah, well, it's, it's really good. Well, I mean, it, it's also a comment on the self-esteem we were just talking about a minute ago. Yeah, that's that right. Inv you invest value in all this shite, but what, what is the real value in it? And I, then when it comes down to it, and at this yeah. point, Jimmy has at this point, Jimmy has gone like he's gone on the run. Um, he has a new identity in uh, what's his name, his new name? Jimmy's new Takovic. name. Takovic. Takovic. Uh, <laughs> well, is it Bob? Bob Takovic. I think it might be. Or with Bill Taggart or some shit. And so in a way, Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill are dead. This is they have yeah. died now. So it's a commentary on value after death, really. So yeah. all this stuff that you accumulate during your life, all this shit that's with linked you. to money and self-esteem, when you're dead, it has no value. Yeah, you know? yeah, so totally. It's a total commentary on on the junk that we collect in our own lives and how valueless it can be. That's right. I also think that there's a subtle hint in that, that um, uh, so the show sometimes talks about itself, right? Yeah. You remember like whenever it first occurred, whenever, um, or at least occurred to me anyway, <clears throat> whenever Mike was um, trailing the, the guy, he was tailing the guy doing the money cash drops. Yeah. Remember? And they spent a long period of time. Mike oh, was just following right. the guy. Yeah. And there was all these nice shots of Albuquerque. And I thought, this is yeah. just, the, they're just enjoying what they've created here. Yeah, right? for sure. And this the was another one of those. was brilliant in those, yeah. in those scenes. Really totally. good. Totally. And this was just another one of those ones where they were celebrating their achievement, you know. That's but, it. Yeah. And they were sort of taking out all the stuff, like the blue balls, for example. Like the blue balls had layered meanings. Yeah, Jimmy's blue sky thinking and the way he could always bounce back from. Yeah, any sort that's of... right. And um, and so there was layered symbolic value, and yet yeah. they're saying at the end, "Oh, no value." So you could you could see it all as having no value, but then if it you look at it in another so much, 
it's got so much value if you look at it as all you know it all, yeah. with all those meanings right that's so true that is yeah so and, true. and even that the fact that they they were in there with the the book which was yeah written in code it's like there's codes in the story <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. you have to decipher the codes in, in the show totally calling it out and say saying that all these things have coded meanings they're all yes, coded they all have coded meaning absolutely you know we should it would be really great actually if we ever do do a deep dive into some of that stuff we should really look at this scene more yeah in so much yeah. more detail there's just so much in it and i have to, I've, I've watched it so many times now but um <laughs> yeah it's hard because it moves so quickly it's kind of hard to pick out some of the stuff and it's just hard to remember like i'm sure if we went back through yeah and had a list of everything in the scene we would be able to find it in the episodes but who has time for totally. that you know <laughs> i know yeah yeah but yeah, it was a really great little treat to start season six. Like, what a treat that was! You know, it was really good and really unexpected. Absolutely, you know, it just shows how um, I think it shows how clued in the 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 writers and and the all are to what, what they're doing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely, really well executed. Yeah, very unique. Not the kind of thing you get in other TV shows. So, oh, definitely not. And that's one of yeah. the challenges that we have now. If we go on to do a different show like that, yeah. rewind show is as a little mini network. So, how are we going to find a show that brings the same the same kind of wealth as as Bear Call Saul did, and know? is also currently running? That's the issue, you know. Yeah. If we if we could go back in time and just do any show, we could find a few, but yeah, it wouldn't be on TV right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Nacho, so next we catch up with that. Actually, what I've done here is I've sort of um, separated out into the sort of what you did okay. um, into the uh, what's happening with Story each arcs. character. So it's, it's not yeah. necessarily the order that it happens in the shows. Okay. Um, so anyway, Nacho, um, we catch up with Nacho, who's on the run after um, the failed assassination attempt on Lalo. Um, I'm not sure if Nacho knows actually that Lalo survived. I forget. Does does he know at this point? No, he doesn't. No, he know. doesn't. Yeah, he's just running. So, um, under Gus's direction, he hides out at a motel. He he finds his way to a motel. Yeah, and um, uh, he's going to hide out there for a while. Bolsa, um, tells Gus that Nacho helped to kill Lalo. Yeah. Um, and so that's where that is. Um. So, yeah, so Bosa uncovers that Nacho, um, because Nacho escaped, I, I don't think there's any way they could have drawn another conclusion. Like Nacho went, he was the only one that got out of the house alive. Um, yeah. At this stage, Bosa, like none of the cartel knew that Nacho is, or that Lalo has survived. So I don't know if you remember, just before you get into the Nacho story arc, where we pick up in season one, um, Lalo surviving the the attack on the compound. We yeah. learn that um, in his preparation for this happening one day, or this possibly happening one day, he He's created a body, a body double. So he yeah. has this guy that lives close by that is literally a body double of him to the extent where he arranged for a dentist to make his teeth like Lalo's teeth um, right. in a really mm-hmm. sinister plot twist. Like, oh my God, yeah. is that something that the cartel actually does? Like, do they all have body doubles that have been surgically enhanced to make it seem as if they are them? Um, so Lalo well, goes off and he kills we, this guy. Sorry, yeah. He kill Yeah, maybe if we watch The Sopranos, maybe they'll have something like that in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe they could do. I know, it's mad. I don't think. remember if it was echoed in The Godfather or not, but <laughs> excuse I, me. I don't remember yeah. it from The Godfather. Not Lalo that kind shows of up. Shit. It's so psychotic. You know what I mean? 
I know, yeah, it is. Lalo's, we here we really get an insight into Lalo's mind. Like he shows up at the body doubles house. Um, the wife is there, welcomes him, they welcome him in. Yeah. Um, they've got no idea that he's about to murder them and take the guy's body and put it yeah. at the crime scene. And he's and so he very, nice with them. Like he's so nice yes. and lovely and compassionate. And they genuinely have a relationship. So they know him, yep. they're familiar with him, they're good friends. And yep. they're a wee bit scared of him. Like whenever he arrives, they're a wee bit scared of him. They're like, oh my God, it's Lalo, what are you doing here? Um, yeah and yeah then he fucking kills him that's right he kills him and then um burns him then, because um, he has uh, to make him burn like the fucking body in the thing like he yeah. burns him and then tortures him yeah so fucked up he's a fucked up asshole lalo i know but we love him so much he's great but that's the thing about these sociopaths psychopaths and all people on that kind of yes. spectrum they come across as so charming and you can often definitely. not pick them out in real life yeah definitely yeah Totally mad. But anyway, at some point, Lalo calls Hector and tells him that he's alive and well. And uh, he says it was Gus who tried to kill him. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> he's going to go after um, Gus. But then Hector gets upset. He wants Lalo to find proof um, that the cartel will believe so that um, yeah, it's all above board if he goes after Gus, right? Yeah. Um, so he, gets, he tries to get that across to Lalo. And this is where Lalo kind of thinks... Uh, maybe it's not time to run back to Albuquerque. I need to find the proof here. Yeah, and that's right. We don't see it here, but he's in the back of his mind. He's going to go to Germany. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So also, um, Mike, uh, we pick up with Mike. He's with Kaylee here. And um, yeah. What about uh, Nacho? That... Have we huh? covered Nacho? The Nacho yeah, himself? For, the, for episode one, yeah. Oh, we're well, doing no, an episode at a time. Sorry, I thought you were doing. Yeah, sorry, way. I'm a bit more uh, linear than you were. Yeah, Your, okay. Yours was far better. Well, you know, in the flow, I wanted to get there, but I just didn't manage to do it in time. Yeah. Um. But anyway, um, Mike with Kaylee uh, here. Um, they're doing the marble run, and Mike's had strained relations with Kaylee and Stacy. Yeah. And here he's still now. He's feeling guilty about Werner still, and yeah. um. There's an interesting um, reflection as he catches the glass marble as it comes out of the marble run um, to a bit later when Gus drops the glass, but <coughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Mike's still feeling guilty. Um, then as we pick up with Jim and Kim, um, uh, they are carrying out their plan basically to take down hard. So things are getting into full swing here as they head to the golf course. Get it? Swing, yeah. full swing. Oh, I see what you did. Yeah, as they head to the golf course. Yeah. Um, so this is the uh, first part of Howard's sabotage. Yeah. Actually, you know, wait, before this, I was it before or after this happens that Jim meets the detective is in the hallway and they try to pin him down about Lalo. I don't know. I think it was in this episode, but I'm not sure. But at any rate, he was being grilled and he accidentally let slip Lalo's name instead of um Yeah, he does. That's right. Yeah, the but anyway, thing. I think the only and then we thought maybe it was going to lead to an investigation and blah blah blah. I but think actually, that'll still come up. Well, it might still come up, but I think it was maybe more that um, it's just another one of these hints that Jimmy wants to get caught. You know, we had the similar thing with yeah. Hard. Hard's like, oh, you wanted to get caught. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> and Jimmy has these unconscious slips where it's like his the guilty suppressed side of his conscience. It's almost it's like Freudian, isn't it? It's like he's got yeah. a guilty conscience, so it pops out from time to time. He wants For to sure. get caught. Yeah. But anyway, at the golf course, cutting a long story short, you would have gone into more detail, but there was a big, uh, they're trying to plant coke on hard yeah. um, so that Cliff sees 
the uh, the cocaine falling out. That's he sees right. the cocaine falling out of Hard's locker, but there's a big adventure to get there where there's this whole anti-Semitism routine in the, in yeah, the, in the golf that's club. That's right. With and, good old, um, um, good old Rich. It's not Rich from Swike and Coke. It's uh, fucking the other Kevin. guy from. It's, <laughs> it's Kevin, Kevin from from Mesa Verde. Yeah. Spots yeah. Jimmy and clocks him and has a quiet word. Jimmy's Jimmy's there. He pretends that he's there to have a tour of the club to become a member. And Kevin clocks him and decides to sabotage that and tells the guy giving the tour, "Don't let that fucking guy in." Um, he's yeah, like oh, and then Jimmy loses it about anti-Semitism and everything else. Um, that's right manages to talk his way into the bathroom where he plants some cocaine in Howard's locker yeah and he just about gets away with it it falls out Cliff sees it and so it's mission accomplished there Cliff's left with a question mark in his head and um, (coughs) we're treated to naked Jimmy in the locker room because he almost gets caught that's right we have uh, you know uh, without mentioning exactly other places that it comes up but we're treated to quite a few references of Jimmy as a a child basically (laughs) yeah or a little baby yeah (laughs) a naked little baby you know know, that's right well this is one of the scenes while he's sitting in the car with Kim um, before he goes inside he wants her to teach him how to play golf oh yeah he's like no you teach me how to play golf and she's like I'll teach you (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's the other thing that really comes across in this scene is how much kim is getting off on the scam like she is that's so right. excited she's in the car watching it with binoculars eating popcorn is she eating popcorn i can't remember um but she is really fucking excited about the scam that's taken taking place in front of her eyes that's right yeah yeah, so um, moving on then to um, the next uh, episode, uh, episode two, Carrot and Stick. And um, we'll pick up with Nacho. Nacho escapes. Uh, so this is when Nacho escapes the motel. So the run up to this, Mike replaces Nacho's safe. In, so they go into yeah. Nacho's house and the two girls are there. Nacho's girlfriends are playing dominoes. Oh, I meant to ep- mention in episode one that there's this theme of being face up. Yes, um, that's right. If people want to explore, go back and listen to our episodes on it if you haven't done. Um, but here um, she's playing dominoes and uh, and all sort. And then Mike comes in and is like, the girls have to leave and they're going to yeah. pay them some money. And they're all scared and stuff. And it's all um, That's kind it. of a cute, funny kind of scene. Um, but then um, what they do is they rip the place out. They put they, they smash the place up and they um, replace Nacho's safe with another safe. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, or the same, is it the same safe? I don't know, I forget. No, it's a different safe. It's a different new safe. safe. Yeah, but it's yeah, the same and they put back in model. Yeah, so they put his ID back in and the cash, but they also put in the phone number of the motel where Nacho's hiding out. Yeah. And the details of his offshore, a fake offshore account that he supposedly had, but which he didn't really have. For sure. So and this is all. T- sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, they're putting Nacho in the frame for the attempt yeah. on Lalo's life or Lalo's murder. That's it. So Balsa has already discovered that. I think it is this when Balsa discovers that it's Nacho. Well, they know that Nacho's alive. They know that Balsa knows, and they know that Balsa's going to then go and check out Nacho's house in in yeah, their attempt right. to track him down. So this is them making sure that he he gets properly stitched up. Exactly. And yeah. Mike also finds um, Nacho's ID and his dad's fake ID, um, which are made for Manitoba, Canada. Um, under right. different names and we see that whenever he is replacing the items in the safe he um he makes sure to put Nacho's ID back in there but he slips his dad's ID into his pocket right that's right um so yeah so balsa um 
so Gus and Balsa meet up as well with Hector. And um, this is in order to try to smooth things over. Um, but uh, but um, Gus can tell from Hector's reaction to yeah. what he says that Lalo is still alive. Yeah. And yeah, and that was one of those great scenes, which we see a few quite a lot That's in seasons right. five and six, where facial expressions tell a Are story. So much. Yeah. Yes. We talked about that in quite a lot of depth here and in other places too, didn't we? About the power of the face and how people That's act right. with their face. Mm-hmm. It is, it really comes across here. Um, but poor old, poor old Hector fucking shits the fox. He he gives it away that that Nacho's yeah. alive or that, that Lalo's right. alive. Um, I don't know that he intended to. He just can't help himself. He can't help. That's it. But Hector's someone with no self. No, he can't control his emotions that way. Or control yeah. his expressions in the same way that Gus and That's Mike and right. all can. You know, it's like it was the same whenever um he was in the hospital bed and the nurse was. He knocked the thing over to get the nurse bending over and he's checking around. Yeah, his lip right. He's like a, you know, slobbering over this nurse. You know, he's got no no kind of control that way. Yeah. But, um. <clears throat> anyway. So after this all goes down, then uh, the information's got back to the Salamancas. So the twins show up very quickly. Things move very quickly, I find, in season six. Um, yeah, they did. The twins arrive at the motel to get Nacho, but they're not trying to kill him. They want to take him alive because they want yeah. to find out what really happened. They want to they know. Want to torture him. That's right. But there's a big shootout, if you like that kind of thing, as you say, and yeah. Nacho escapes. That's and, it. But uh, there's this scene beforehand where Nacho figures out that he's being watched. That's right. So get this little treat where Nacho puts two and two together. He's, I think he goes out to collect his um, lunch from the balcony um, at the motel. So the lady in the motel is helping him kind of stay undercover. And he realizes that he's being watched from the place across the street, this rundown shack. He sees like a glint of light um, yeah. and realizes that he's, been, that he's being watched and set up. So he is, he's kind of a step ahead. And when the cousins arrive, he's actually in a truck about to take off. So they yeah. walk past him as he's hiding in the truck. Isn't that how it works? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think so. And yeah, it's already. a great little shootout. So definitely take a look. Yeah, that's right. So um, so off he goes, he escapes. And then um, then we have back with them, Mike and Gus. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there's this tense little standoff between Mike and Gus. What we get is... Um, we see now that Mike has has grown a pair of balls and he <laughs> Simon is like having a coughing fit. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> big go old ahead, COVID sufferer, you. Um, so yeah, the, the, we see that since Mike, um, since the whole thing with Mike and Werner and Gus and everything else, yes. Mike actually starts to stand up to Gus a lot more and is a lot That's more right. forceful in, in challenging what Gus wants to do. And here we yeah, see that. Right. So yeah, Gus wants to bring in Nacho's dad as a as a form of leverage to get Nacho yeah. back, and uh, Mike is like, "No, that's not going to happen." <laughs> yeah, do you reckon it's that's because the... by this stage Mike has already arranged for Nacho's dad to be off up to Canada? Like, is Nacho's dad already away? Mike may have in the but we don't know, but Mike may have that in the back of his mind that he's yeah. going to try to he's going to try to sort something out, or he has, done but already. we don't find out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so at that point, then Nacho calls. The phone rings, Nacho calls, and Mike picks it up and says it's for you and hands it over to Gus in so many words. Yeah. And so now what's going on with Jim and Kim? So in uh, episode two, uh, Carrot and Stick, I think this is where the Carrot and this. well, there's Carrot and Stick with Nacho too, but it's with the Kettleman. So here come the Kettlemans. They're back in the back in the frame. What a treat. And 
Yeah, I know. It was just awesome. I, I loved it so much. And yeah. um, uh, it turns out that um, Jimmy and Kim want to use them in their scam against Hearts. So they persuade them that they have a case against HHM yeah. based on the fact that Hard was using cocaine and therefore <laughs> was not a competent def- uh, defense. Yeah. Um, and the key line from this this section being... Um, it all comes out in discovery is the, the, the phrase <laughs> that Jimmy plants uh, yeah. uh, in uh, the Calman's mind. And um, now they won't hire Jim for the case because uh, he's obviously the kind of lawyer that guilty people hire. So they still won't hire him, but yeah. Jim knew he anticipated that and he was going to steer them. They're going to steer them towards uh, Cliff and Maine or Clifford yeah. or what is it called? Davis Maine? and Maine. Davis and Maine, right? So they're steering them toward Cliff and, um, so they're off they go to see uh, Cliff at Davis and Maine, and they're going to try to sue HHM yeah. um, <clears throat> based on this idea that Hard was on coke. However, Cliff is too good a guy and knows Hard too well, and he won't buy it. Yeah, that's um, right. But, the whole, but that was it. The whole point was to get the Kettlemans to tell Cliff that Hard was on coke. Yeah, that's it. In you a know, way, no, so, it's also because there is no case. Like, even if Howard was no on case, coke, yeah. how are they going to prove it? You know what I mean? Um, mm. But you're right. It was all about getting them in the room to tell Cliff that Howard's on coke. <laughs> yeah. And the poor little <laughs> Keltmans are all confused and they're sent away with their tail between their legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they get it in the end. They put two and two together, you know, um, and there's this big confrontation. I don't know if it's the end of this episode or another episode between. Um, it is the end of this episode. Um, the Kelmans yeah. confront Jim and Kim. See, after after they won't take the case, then Jim and Kim have to find a way to keep them quiet. So yeah, Kim threatens them with exposing their tax fraud, which they're undu- which they could be confident they were definitely pulling on their clients because that's the kind of thing the Kelmans would do. Yeah, and um, and so uh, they get them to keep quiet about it, and then um, as they leave the Kelmans, uh, their little tax farm, um, somebody is following them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, Jimmy tries to be the carrot with the Kettleman's and is all sweet and tries to talk them out of, I think they want to go and tell Howard, like she threatens to go and tell Howard what they're doing. And um, Kim then is really, Kim is the stick and she shows how aggressive and how menacing she can be. Um, That's right. With the, she calls her friend at like the DEA and, or no, the, yeah, the, did you say that? The tax people and threatens to get them investigated. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so course, that leaves um, episodes one it. and two. Sorry, mm-hmm. they frame it as in they're doing the world a favor by um, making sure that all of the Kettleman's clients get their money back. So this is the good and yeah. evil and and how it's dressed up. They're, they're, they've really shaken the Kettleman's down. No, this is a scam yeah. they've run in the Kettleman's. It's very malice. It's full of malice. And there isn't any real benefit to anybody apart from Kim or Jimmy. But they dress it up as, a, as, as if they're trying to protect their clients and getting their clients' money back. Yeah, it is kind of um, Kim and Jim dispensing their unique brand of justice on the Kellmans. Isn't it? <laughs> Definitely more Kim than Jim. It's almost a shame we didn't get three or four seasons of Kim and Jim and their unique brand of justice. Oh, I know that would have been good. Yeah, it would have been good. But maybe it would have been too procedural. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> maybe. Um, anyway, so yeah, so there we go. That's where we leave off episode uh, two. Um, episode three is called Rock in a Hard Place. Um, for some reason, I have a, It's No Sacrifice by Elton John going around in my head. Um, <laughs> oh, dealing with, dealing that's with, not nice. Pearl, dealing, dealing with Nacho's sacrifice. I know. 
we've got all these characters that we really love, like Kim and Jim and Howard, um, and the, the, the story writers and the script writers and the editors are between a rock and a hard place. These guys don't exist in Breaking Bad, so they have to be dispensed with in some fashion. Um, and in this episode, we, we see the exit of Nacho. That is a really good insight. Um, um, I, I had not considered it. <laughs> I, we talked about it whenever we recorded. Did we? I'm pretty okay. sure. Cool. All right. Um, so here we go. So um, picking up with Nacho. Um, so Nacho finds his way to uh, this mechanics after his car breaks down. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Where did did it happen before the mechanic? Yeah, it happened before the mechanic. Of course, it was this big extended scene where the twins were trying to catch up to him, and he hid inside the oil tanker. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and this is where we he gets the baptism. Yes, that's right. So it's the baptism of death, and here um, there's so much imagery. So in the first two episodes, there was a lot of face up imagery. So face up being like the face up of a dead person lying on the ground or in a coffin or whatever. And here Nacho is um, going through the, the dark circle of death. The, That's uh, right. Yeah. And so we see lots of black holes, lots of um, uh, or light streaming through a hole in the darkness. Yeah. Um, just tons of that scattered throughout this episode. He's baptized and, um, in this sticky black liquid, which is actually red. So whenever he emerges, he's all covered in red, this, this red gunge. Yeah. Um, we see Nacho inside of things all the time. Like, so in this particular scene, he's inside the tanker, almost like he's inside a coffin later on, yes. which will probably, you might bring it up later on, but whenever Nacho returns to um, Albuquerque, he's he's sealed up inside a wooden box underneath um, the truck in the undercarriage of the truck. So we get all this right. death symbolism really preparing us for Nacho's, um, Nacho's exit from the shoe. That's right. Um <coughs> I just want to point out before we do go on that this this symbolism of the black hole or the pit is very common in the media right now. It's been around for a few years, but it just seems to be everywhere. Like yeah. I think we mentioned in the episode that we did, I mentioned that I'd seen it in Outer Range on, yeah. uh, recently with uh, Josh Brolin. I also saw it in Dune um, with the, uh, the black pool of black goo that the Harkonnen was bathing yeah. in um <coughs> sorry the black circles also in the expanse and yeah. i also realized that i'm watching raising raising dion right now it's been on it's been out for a couple of years but there's also a pit in that at dion school um there's this big black pit in, on the property um, all right okay yep and also um i'm watching um I've recently been watching a really cool animated series that my kids are watching. Mm-hmm. They've, they're on their second watch of it. It's called Gravity Falls. Yeah. And in Gravity Falls, exactly the same thing happens. On the property of the thing, they go out and there's a pit. It's a black pit, basically. And it's basically one of these bottomless pits. So they fall into it and they tell stories while they're falling through and all. But it's yeah. really just weird how this exact same image is in so many different uh, TV shows. And I don't know if it's because... Is it because they're all copying each other or because it's something coming out of the collective unconscious or some shit like that? I don't know. Yeah, I've seen it in other places too that I just can't bring it to mind because I haven't noted it. But if people want to look around and they start seeing this coming up, this is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just calling that out. 
Um, so anyway, so after this uh, this experience hiding from the twins and stuff like that, and they're being baptized in this uh, black oil of death, um, Nacho finds the mechanics um, uh, the, the the mechanics shop, and uh, he calls his dad, and uh, uh, he has this conversation with his dad. Doesn't go over so well. Um, he can't tell his dad what's going to happen, but he's going to sacrifice himself, and he knows that. But the dad's kind of brushes it off. He's saying, "Ah, oh, go to the police or whatever." Yeah. Um, so anyway, he winds up back in uh, Albuquerque, and with Mike, as you say, he comes out of the box in the truck, and um, uh, they he, oh before that he talks with Mike uh, to go over the plan, or maybe he did do that when he gets back. I forget now. And they have he has his like his he has his like his last meal where he savors the flavor of the food That's and all right. the rest of it. That's yeah. it, and it's in that scene that we see the emergence of um, the symbolic green light now, which comes, which is That's linked it. to the death of a character. So, in right. this episode, in that scene in particular, where Mike and um, where Mike and Nacho, Nacho's having his last meal, and Mike and him are chatting and are going to have some drinks. Um, on the right hand side, if you look to the right hand side, there's a there's an exit sign above a door, which is illuminated in green and not red. Um, and that is the first time we see the symbolic green light, which symbolizes the death of a character. And we see it again. I'm sure you'll come to it. But whenever um, Howard dies in episode seven, mm -hmm. um, whenever they're developing the photos in the photo lab, the clock okay. on the right hand side is illuminated in green um, inside the photo lab. So this symbolic green light, watch out for it in coming up, upcoming episodes. It represents cool. the death of a character. Excellent. Good. Good. Yes. I can't wait to see it. All right. Yeah. Um, so, so a slight detour here as we pick up with Kim and Jim and what they're doing in this episode, um, they've decided they're going to go ahead and borrow Hard's car, um, yeah. to, to, uh, have an, to stage another scene, um, to bring down Hard's, um, reputation in front of, uh, Cliff Main. So, um, so, uh, that's, that's what they're hatching. Um, yeah. we have a scene with Suzanne Erickson where she meets up with Kim at the courthouse and she tries to convince, uh, Kim to convince Jimmy, um, to, to grass up on the Salamancas. Basically that's she it. wants Jimmy to, to, to turn state witness or whatever, yeah. and to basically come forward with what he knows about the whole thing. Yeah. I think that's going to be a key part of the story arc that's picked yes. up in the rest of the season is that, um, I know we were going to do some predictions in this episode. I might as well do it now. But I reckon that Kim and Jimmy will start to cooperate now with the DEA. At least Kim will. And Kim's exit won't be by being killed or by death. I think she's going to go into witness protection because she's witnessed this murder of Howard. And Interesting. I think that she'll end up in witness protection and be taken off out of the story in that way. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I just don't think there's any way that they could kill Jim, kill Kim off, and for Jimmy to carry on without a, a really serious breakdown. Well, yeah. I mean, we did comment on how um, characters that were uncomfortable in the world that Jimmy, the magic man, is creating for us, yeah, um, tend to be knocked off if they don't belong yeah. in that world. Whereas Kim seems to very much embrace this world that Jimmy's That's creating, right. and so it may not necessarily logically flow that she would. Uh, she would die either it'll be witness protection or the vacuum man will suck her out of there and give her a new identity somewhere but i think if it was the vacuum man then there would be more of an inclination for jimmy to try and find her that's true um but i didn't mind your your uh, supposition that she would be pregnant in prison oh yeah fuck yeah i know that's right <laughs> that's right because she was the empty vase and the filling of the empty vase yeah that's 
at the end of season five. Yep, that's right. Maybe that's what will happen. So, I think that one's colorful. I like that. I like that yeah. one. <laughs> it's a bit more, maybe I, you've seen it. Maybe it's a bit more orange is the new black than it is uh, Better Call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Although if it was that, then it would be one of the guards that impregnated Kim and not, <laughs> not Jimmy. That's terrible. We shouldn't laugh oh, about such things. That's I know. Oh, sexual assault of prisoners is wrong. It's wrong. Completely. We're against it very yeah. much so. Definitely. All kinds of um, sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so what happens is um, Huel, uh, H- I don't know if it's Jimmy or Huel, has a contact that can uh, uh, copy Hard's keys. He can not only duplicate <laughs> the physical key, but he can he yeah. can duplicate the um, the, the code, that the clicker. The clicker, yeah. Or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, so that's where we get to there. Um, do they actually carry it out in that episode? I forget. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they do, but anyway, they yeah, they, they get no no, it's coming up, it's coming up. No, they do. It's in episode three. They they get the car. Don't they get the car? No, actually, it's in episode four. Yeah. So here we go. Episode four, hit and run. Yeah. Um, I call uh cafe and coke. So before here, it was golf before... we need to talk about Lalo's execution in episode three. What what did he what what was the execution? So Lalo gets shot in ex- in episode three. That's where Lalo dies, isn't it? Not yeah, Lalo, that's Nacho. Where Lalo died. Oh, Nacho, Nacho yeah, dies. we have to go back to that. Yeah, 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 right, right. Sorry, sorry, I'm getting too far ahead here. Okay. Yeah, so I had that summarized as Mike watches from afar with his gun as Nacho confesses and sticks it to the man. Yeah, that's it. So and then shoots himself in the head. What we get, right, in the lead up to this scene is um there's this uh, there's this moment with Gus in the room with Mike and with um the other one of uh, Gus's henchmen, I can never remember his name, Tyson. Victor. Tyson. Tyson. And they're looking over photographs of the scene because Gus isn't yes. convinced that Lalo's dead. And they're talking about how the, the whole thing with um, Hector and everything. So they lay out photographs of the scene in Mexico of Lalo's compound and all the dead bodies. That's right. And again, we've got photographs of people face up and everything else and some more death symbolism. But yep. Gus knocks a glass off the table and he smashes the glass. And um, a bit later on, whenever Nacho yes. arrives in America, he finds a piece of the glass in, in the, the garbage can. can. Yeah. And he takes it and is able to, whenever he is um, enacting or whenever they're, they're um, the tent scene with um, the, the Salamancas and Balsa and mm-hmm. Gus, where Nacho has been brought almost as a gift to the Salamancas um, from yeah. Gus. Um, yeah. Nacho is supposed to get up and run off and um, be shot running away. That's right. But he uses this piece of glass to cut his um, restraints, the, the zip ties that are tying him shut, his hand shut, and he jumps up and steals Boss's gun. That's and right. There's this really tense moment where he has a gun to Boss's head. Mike's watching with his sniper rifle mm-hmm. and um, he mutters under his breath, just do it, just do it. And I kind of wish in this moment that Gus and Nacho had have communicated better with each other. And if mm. not Gus and Nacho, sorry, Mike and Nacho, Mike. If, if Mike had have somehow communicated to Nacho that his dad was going to be safe regardless of what happened, there right. could have been a different outcome here for Nacho, even though it wouldn't have suit it wouldn't suit the story arc of That's better right. call Saul and Breaking Bad. But yeah, Mike from his sniper position could have easily taken out the Salamancas and Nacho had a gun to boss's head. So there could have been a different outcome here. Yeah, that's true. And we also speculated that similar to Werner's execution, that 
at least trying for a better outcome would have been better than accepting um than just accepting what happened yeah you know yeah that there there may have been other options but yeah yeah for one reason or another um the characters chose not to pursue them but yeah um, so yeah. nacho takes the gun and, and puts it to his own head in yes the end. but not not before he uh gives uh, hector a good talking to yeah, and dresses him down, and it's yeah, really, that's right. Go back and this is sad. It's a great scene, and it's very it's fulfilling in a sense. But, but at the same time, you know, one of life's lessons is that it's pointless yeah. to to give this feedback to people who don't care. Yeah, for you know, sure. it might make you feel a bit better, but it doesn't do you any good in the long run. I know. I know. Although we don't yeah. know that for sure. Maybe maybe Hector will go away and reflect and turn his life around. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. You can only guess. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yes. Um, bye bye, so, Nacho. Very sad. Yeah, it was very sad. Very sad and shocking moment for all fans of the show. So yeah. off we go. <coughs> Excuse me. Um for a little cafe and coke is uh, hard. Oh yeah, we also find out um, at the start of this episode. I should mention we get a nice little scene where we meet Hart's wife and find out about his uh, highly um, uh, dysfunctional home life. Yes. But anyway, we'll breeze past that. That's another character that's going to come back in the rest of the season. She wasn't introduced for no reason, so she is definitely going to come back in the second half of the season. Okay, interesting. Interesting. I, I like anyway. that. Well, I suppose because there's going to be a case around Hart's death. So, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, this whole scene was pointless. We didn't need to have it. That's true. That's true. Maybe she knows a lot of stuff. Maybe Hart told her a lot of stuff about what was yeah, happening. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So anyway, um, so anyway, Jim dresses up as Hart and has his hair done and his face done. And uh, <laughs> he drives Hart's car down outside the cafe where uh, Kim's meeting with Cliff. Yeah. And uh, he kicks the sex worker out of his car. <laughs> Yeah, in clear view. Sorry, very unceremoniously, she literally does get a big kick, and uh, fully witnessed by Cliff and by Kim. Um, it went exactly as they planned it to go. So now we've got the next phase of of hard sabotage, you know, in full swing. So we had the cook in the locker, the the cook from the Kettlemans, the Kettlemans reinforcing that message, and now we have. Um, of course, the previous setup was the sex workers at the business meeting with Cliff and Howard, and now we've got the sex worker being kicked out of Howard's car and really yeah. creating this picture that Howard is very unstable. Yeah, that's right. And Cliff's a buying it so far. But anyway, um, so um, at some point we see Cliff or Kim is still being followed, um, which we'll pick up on in a bit. Yeah. Um, now, Jim has a little sojourn in the courthouse. He's in the He's in the doghouse at the courthouse. Yeah. He's in the proverbial doghouse, not the hot dog doghouse, but yeah. the proverbial doghouse at the literal courthouse, um, where everyone now knows that he defended Lalo and has an idea of what went on. Yeah, that he got um, a cartel, the, the leader, one of the leaders of the cartel, the Mexican cartel, um, get out of jail on um, on bail. He let them, yeah. he, was, he had a full hand in it. That's right. And uh, in addition to being um, sort of on the outs at the courthouse, he's also been kicked out of the salon and he's looking for a new office. So yeah. it's kind of like the last vestiges of Jimmy. Yes, uh, Mr. Right. Popular Slip and Jimmy are all being brushed away now. Yeah, that's right. Yep. 
everybody's so, starting to realize that he's not um, the lovable lawyer anymore. He's a cartel, a friend of the cartel. Exactly. And I am. Um, so um, Kim, um, she's going to confront um, whoever's following her. Yeah. And um, she she confronts these guys and gives them a talking to. And then later Mike approaches her at El he Camino. She thinks that they're police. She thinks that they're DEA and that yeah. they're following her because they're the police. But it's actually Mike's guys. That's right. Um, <coughs> sorry, the coughs just slip in while I'm talking. <laughs> um, so Kim, Kim, uh, Mike catches up with Kim at uh, the El Camino, and there's a nice background at the door of the El Camino. Strangely, is a black cast iron chicken. Yeah, you know, um, which oh, is yeah. Gus Gus's shadow in the background, and also the um, black hole symbolism. Yes, that's right. It is yes, and um. So Mike tells Kim that uh, Lalo is alive and um, Kim is shaking, et cetera, et cetera. And then yeah. we just flash over to Jimmy uh, welcoming Kim. At, does he welcome her at the toilet office at this point? I'm not sure. Or if that's coming up. Um, I don't know. I think oh, she says her... it's going to be a cathedral of justice or something like that. Yeah, I think he, they're looking at the office through the window, aren't they? Is that what happens? Yeah, that's it. Good. And um, so uh, catching up, the only um, stuff with... Uh, with uh, the cartel here is that we're introduced to Gus's home away from home, his yeah. evil lair, which happens to be next door to his actual home, um, connected by yet another tunnel because tunnels are also popular in this series. Yeah. And uh, Mike and the goon squad, we find out, are watching all of Albuquerque for Lalo. Yeah, that's right. They've got there's people a, everywhere. Yeah, there's a strong sense of Batman around Gus. I think with the, yeah. the caves and the lairs and the, uh, the 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 big net, the uh, the net, the yeah. net cast out. You know the, the network to whatever the hell. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> this cough yeah, is brutal, man. And I took medication before doing this. I'm telling yeah. you. Cough syrup's pointless. You might as well drink sugar water. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to episode five? Um, sure, yeah, let's do it. All right, the toilet office. Jim hires Francesca at the toilet office. And uh, it's called the Jimmy. toilet office. Yeah, because there's a toilet in the middle of the office. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kim, for her part, she plies viola for um, the name the of the Sandpiper judge. judge. That's right. So this is um, the next part of their scam taking shape. That's right. Hard persuades the Sandpiper residents not to settle. Yeah. Um. So... Um, he has a nice little scene where we hard see Hard being a champion of justice. Hard is um very much a reformed character here. He's undergoing some form of spiritual uh, renaissance in his life. Yeah, and, that's uh, it. Yeah. We've seen that with his namaste plate, and he's got like a whole kind of Zen persona now, doesn't he? Where he seems to be at peace with what's yeah. happening. Little does he know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> And so um, this is where Cliff confronts Hard and he says, okay, Hard, you know, just come clean and we can get you help and there are resources. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Um, in this episode, we get a lot of um, number symbolism where... Oh, I was going to say. Throughout, actually, it's throughout the season. We see it right at the start too with... Um, it's all over the place. What was it? The square root of eight? Is it the square root of eight? Or eight cubed, eight by eight by eight. I can't remember what the numbers were. Um, it but it's absolutely everywhere in these in the next few scenes. These numbers pop up everywhere. Um, yeah, I actually anticipated it. It was a five one nine. Was that what it was? Or five one two? I think it was five one two. Yeah, that's I it. And remember. it coincided with the date we were recording. Yes, that's right. 
Yeah. Um, so there was a ton of symbolism around. There was a lot of number play in these episodes that was really satisfying to kind of watch and discover. Well, um, this was actually, um, I mean, this was a sink storm, this episode yeah, for us. Right? It really was. Totally. And then if people want to, I'm not going to go into all the details now, but like usually I have one page of notes on an episode, but for this one, I had about six pages. Yeah. Um, and I thought that it was leading up to something happening in episode eight because it was the cube of eight, but actually it was the countdown of episodes from when this all started to happen. And well, this is still what I think that, okay. um, and it really all started to happen in episode nine of season five. And if you okay. start your countdown of eight from there, then it actually ends in episode seven, which was Hard's death. So the number play was okay. surrounding the death of Hard and the exit of that character. Um, and really? the number eight was the countdown from when that story arc um, commenced. Um, which was the moment in the courthouse when Howard confronted Howard and Kim had the falling out over um, Kim not being able to make her own choices and her yeah. and Howard trying to warn her um, and Kim deciding at that moment that um, she was going to teach Howard a lesson and if you start your eight episode countdown from there it ends with Howard's death in episode seven um, and right. it was also the episode where Jimmy decided to take the hundred thousand dollars to collect Nacho's money and that set them on the ah. story arc where Lalo was always going to from that point where Jimmy took the money to go off and collect the um the bill in right the desert Lalo was always going to end up in their apartment at the end of seasons at the end of episode seven because of the lies that Jimmy told then so regardless of anything else that happened it was this moment when Jimmy decided to go and collect the bill and Kim decided to teach her a lesson and it was no matter what else happened Lalo was always going to end up in the apartment at um the end of at the end of episode seven so that's what I thought anyway. And it oh, just so happened. Reggie. And it just so happened that we were recording it on dates that matched up with the numbers. And yeah. I was on a plane and I watched um The Electric Life of Lewis Wayne. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to learn more about electricity because of Chuck. Yeah. And uh, okay. there was a boxing match in which uh, Lewis Wayne commented on how electricity and the energy of the crowd and and electricity propels us forward through time. And at the end of that, and there was a coincidence with Weird Studies, Nick Cave, Nick Cage, Nick Cave playing H.G. Wells. And if you remember back to season episode one, where there was a copy of The Time Machine by H.G. Wells in Jimmy's house. Yeah, that's right. That's Which you noticed, right? Yeah. I mean, it was just a massive sink storm. I mean, that is just a, those are just brushstrokes of what happened. Oh, it's mad. If anyone listening to this show hasn't listened to our show on this episode, you yeah. must go back and listen you have to, to it. Go back and listen. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so good. Anyway. Um, and just as a reminder, it's um episode. What episode are we talking about? We're episode talking about five? season six, episode five. Okay. Yeah. Season six. Yeah. While so there, um, you might as well just listen to the whole of season six again, just to prepare <laughs> yourself for the recoming of the show in um recoming is that the right word i don't know i think it's a perfect word <laughs> um on monday the show comes out on monday so you've got lots of time to go back and re-listen to the seven episodes on season six yeah yeah so anyway um so hard clues in um cliff confronts hard and when he does that hard clues in about everything that's happened 
he decides yeah. he's going to confront Jimmy in a very unique way. He's going to have a boxing match um, <laughs> with yeah. Jimmy. So he hires a gym and uh, he invites Jimmy. Jimmy shows up and they box each other. And this was the other thing. People really must listen to our review of this episode, actually, because we are so good in this. Yeah. Um, the slow measured movements, right? Yeah. And how it brings out how Jimmy creates the world um, through his magic and yeah. how... Um, you know, because at the beginning of this episode, we saw the uh, we saw the um, the plaque being created. Yes, that's right. Remember? And how yeah, was that's the right. measurements and the slow pouring fluids. Yes. And the slow movement of Gus as he moved through the restaurant to the front yeah. because he was so anxious. That's right. And here we saw the movement of the boxers and how their clumsy movements, Jimmy yes. and uh, Hard staggering around the ring trying yeah. to box each other. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, and we, that was we the, really that was the that was like the um that we thought that was the theme of this whole season. That starting yeah. with um or no, the past couple of seasons, I guess, with Magic Man, it's yeah. Jimmy's magic, Jimmy's Magic Man, and he at the moment is creating the Better Call Saul and not Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad but, universe. Exactly, the decisions that's right. That he's making, he is creating the the Breaking Bad universe. Exactly, that's it. So um. So yes, anyway, elsewhere with the cartel. Um, yeah, uh, Hard wins the fight and Jimmy goes off with his That's tail right. between his legs. But Hard has hired a PI. Yeah. But we later find out that Jimmy owns, owns the PI. So yeah. always one is, step ahead. Uh, a really big elaborate part of the plot where Jimmy has predicted that Hard's now going to rent out a PI. And um, of course, Jimmy always wanted to get caught. So he always wanted Hard to kind of figure it out. Um, they've gone and replaced the hired PI's contact details with their own PI. So whenever hired arranges for the investigator, it's actually Jimmy's guy that they call. You're on mute. It was bound to happen. Happened shit. It happened. <laughs> in a long time coming. The famous words of the fucking <laughs> COVID era. You're on mute. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out your your uh, your slogan here, and um, we have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah no fucking way i don't have time <laughs> okay elsewhere in cartel lands episode five gus plants a gun at the meth lab bat cave yeah that's and right he's because he thinks he's planning ahead to when lalo's going to show up he thinks it's going to be there where they yeah. have their final showdown yeah. and uh, Lalo for his part is off to Germany where he visits Margareta, who is Werner's wife. Yeah. And he finds the Lucite plaque um, in Margareta's uh, house where he does, he sees the label on the plaque pointing him to the, uh, the guys that the Werner's team who had the plaque created for him. And that's where we leave off. I love a lovely scene there. Quite a lot of time was spent with, uh, with um, Lalo and uh, Margareta. And there was some yeah. lovely, um, there was just so much in that episode I think this might be the best episode of the entire season so far I think yeah. or at least one of the best definitely there's so yeah. much in it yeah anyway episode 6 Axe and Grind um, Vetter calls Saul as, yeah. <laughs> as Jim and Kim get some chemicals from the vet Dr. Caldera that's right um, Hard's PI tells him about the $20,000 withdrawal Yeah. Um, that Jim made um, Caldera gives Jim his little black book. Yeah. And uh, Jim and Kim um, hire the camera crew. They return. Well, uh, welcome return from the... Sorry, go ahead. I know that Jim ends up with the little black book, but I don't think he gets it in this episode. Oh, he doesn't get he it here. He just sees it. He sees it. Oh, he it. just sees it. 
and the vet announces that he's going to quit his job as a cartel um, fixer-upper and um, go back to just being a vet. Are you sure? That's, I'm pretty sure that's where he says that Jim can have it. And then they open it and it's all code. Well, yeah, but he's Jim asks if he can see it. Can I take a look? And he okay. said, yeah, sure, you can take a look. And oh, it's okay. all in code. But he doesn't actually right. give him the book. He's going to sell the book. You're not just going to give that kind of stuff away. Okay. You're going to have to acquire it in some way. Sure, okay. Um, so anyway, um, Jim, Kim and the camera crew are going to do a photo shoot with Ran Casimiro, the yeah. judge who is the arbitrator in the uh, the Sandpiper case. Um, and uh, they've they've got a, a lookalike um, who's going to receive some cash from Jim. Yeah. And uh, this is part of the stitch up. Yeah. Um, Cliff, uh, then uh, Cliff is invites Kim to a meeting to boost her good lawyer aspirations. Yeah. Um, she's uh wanting to pursue this uh so, innovative uh yeah great law, great law one of the things pursuing. that whenever cliff and kim meet for the hired shakedown one of the things that they're talking about is kim's pro bono practice and cliff is really mm-hmm. ex- cliff, cliff is really excited by it and really buys into it and yeah. there's some friends coming into town from um a group that represents um i don't know who it is i can't remember but they're like a big um i think they're not named firm yeah. No, uh, they're not named, but we're told the type of business it is, the type of firm. Yes. I just can't remember what it was. Was it like, um, oh, I can't remember. And uh, this is him now setting up a, a meeting for Kim to meet with them because of how impressed he was. That's right. It's all about, I think it's all about providing underprivileged people with better access to law. Yeah, well, that is it. But they hit, they give it a specific title, but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Um, and this again we see is Kim being given an alternative choice that she doesn't they don't have to go through with this sabotage yeah. of hired because there's another way for her to get the money that she needs. That's right. It just so happens to be on the same day as the scam. So Jim urges Kim to go and she's yeah. going to go. Yeah. So um, but then an unfortunate series of events unfolds where Kim is in the liquor store. He's going to buy um, the tequila that to celebrate him and yeah. Kim's relationship. And um, while he's in there, he sees um he sees the judge. Uh, he sees Casimiro with his, his arm in a sling. That's so it. He's, bust, he's busted his arm and now he's crisis mode. He calls Kim to tell her. But Kim pulls a U-turn on the highway and speeds back to Albuquerque, even though Jimmy urges her not to. Yeah. There's loads of other things in this in this episode. Was it this episode or is it the next episode? I'm pretty sure it was this episode where we had the the... There was a lot of symbolism around the spinning circle and don't That's get it. lost in the circle of confusion. So yes, um, there was hired whenever he's chatting to um, a colleague of his at HHM when they're setting up for the meeting. That might be in the next episode where he has the spinning can and he talks about how you spin the can to create centrifugal forces to disperse the bubbles if it gets shaken. Yeah, um, that's the next one. And then yeah. we have the camera crew who's spinning round and round Um jimmy and the judge and everything else and yes and as they do the photo shoot was that in this one i think or is we that can go I straight think? on to it basically because the only thing that happens with the cartel in episode six is that um yeah. lalo catches up with casper who's about to become a friendly ghost yes, in okay. uh, germany and um he we are led to think he squeezes the information he needs out of casper who was one of Werner's crew oh my um, god yeah that's right uh about uh Gus and what's going on at the laundromat. So, yeah, that's all that happens really. Uh, Lalo has his encounter with Casper. There's a big fight and stuff, and that's it. So, yeah, episode seven. Yes. Uh, plan and execution. We 
we just tailed off. We were, we were interrupted by a technical glitch after episode six, and um, we're back now, and we're doing episode seven of season six. So here we go. Plan and execution. Yes. Which I will also dub a world of blue. Um, yeah. There's a, there was so much blue in this episode, it's not funny. And I call it a world of blue because there's a, there's a Julie Cruz song um, called Questions in a World of Blue. Okay. Which features towards the end of Fire Walk With Me. Yeah. When uh, the Twin Peaks movie, when Laura Palmer realizes, she's just realized that she's going to die. That right, her, okay. she's doomed. And Hashtag she's, uh, spoiler alert. I haven't watched Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to watch it. No, but My, that's really no point. Because, because Laura is dead at the start of oh. Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that is the ultimate spoiler alert for the first thing that happens <laughs> in the first episode. All right. Um, all right. So um. So anyway, so world of blue, and here we are in so many. So there's so much blue in the episode that we don't want to say it all, but we did say it all in our episode on this episode. Yeah, tons. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um. So I'm going to separate out the storylines here. So I'm starting off with the Jim and Kim narrative here. Okay. Um, so Jim and Kim and the crew are reshooting the cash handover from That's the judge right. because uh, Jimmy found out that they were that he had a broken arm uh, when he was in the liquor store. Yeah. The, Kim's favorite tequila ball. That's right. He was picking up their push tequila to celebrate. The funny top, yeah. Oh, I wasn't that where he took out a, a thing of Bush Mills? Right before he took out, he moved a thing of Bush Mills right before he. Uh, I think, was the judge buying a thing of Bush Mills? Ah, maybe that was it. Yeah, he was buying Bush. Yeah, yeah. Something like yep. that. Yeah. So if you want to find out more about Bush Mills whiskey, you could listen to our episode on this episode. I shouldn't keep saying <laughs> that. We didn't really yeah. talk about Bush Mills whiskey, I don't think. Did we not bring it up? We might okay. have actually made it up. It might not have been Bush Mills at all. I think it's worth checking. Maybe, maybe I'm making it up. This is. This is weird. I'm making it up. I'm making up reality now. Okay. Um, so, um, so yeah. So they're reshooting the episode, and we get some a whole. The whole opening sequence is fantastic. First of all, it's the guy, one of the film, the film camera guy. No, not the, it's the camera guy. Yeah. He's giving a lecture at the university. Jimmy races yeah. over to get him, but while he's in the lecture, there's some nice stuff. He says, "Don't get lost in the circle of confusion." That's right. And uh, he illustrates the, the clean light, how the clean light comes into the camera. It goes through the lens yeah. and it comes out as a, an image. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. And I love uh, that the moment in that scene where one of the students points up to, re- to ask a question or she's making a point and she points at the exit sign above the door. That's right. It's so cool. Yeah. And, and they're really like the, almost this whole episode is itself the show talking about itself, you know. Oh, it, for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. It, yeah it's a really good and episode really good that's right um while we're on the subject of clean clean things going in and dirty things coming out i'm just going to give you a brief list a bullet point list okay the cola slushy machine in this episode clean water in slushy water out the yeah. light the camera lens and the image camera tape remember when he's running towards the the film the shooting the scene where they're going to shoot he's got the bag full of tape he says oh i could only get three rolls of tape yeah the tape is like the clean tape goes in and the stain tape comes out the footage itself is interesting 
while they're shooting the the, the little uh, movie, yeah, it's, the light going in is honest. It's telling what's happening. It's Jimmy. It's the oh, guy. Yes. It's the thing. But the image okay. that comes out to be interpreted is sort of dirty and deceitful, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So Lalo takes a shower at the start of this episode. That's clean water in and dirty water out. Yeah. Um, the the uh, the uh, the costume girl, she um, is dressed up as one of the Dark Crystal characters. Yes, that's right. The Dark Crystal is light coming into a crystal and dirty light coming out. Right. right okay. Um, the laundry where Lalo is camped out across the street from watching the yeah. laundromat is. It's it's could be interpreted two ways: clean water coming in, dirty water coming out, or dirty clothes going in and clean clothes coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then there's the photographs. So after they're done shooting their little thing, they go back to the photo booth where they see the green light, and yeah, we see the uh, the the photo film being developed. So the photo film is clean white coming in and with an yeah. image on it coming out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then there's the pop cans as hard as describing the centrifugal force. Yeah. When you, when you, if you rotate the can, it the slows the down bubbles. the bubbles. Yeah. And that's um, uh, the pop cans. While well, the pop cans are clean water in and flavored water coming out, a little mm. bit later in that scene, uh, the lady, the old lady from Sandpipers, what's her name in this episode? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember either. Irene Landry. Irene, yeah. She talks about her soup recipe and soup is just Clean ingredients water. coming in and soup coming out. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but then it's often reversed with the cartel. So with the cartel, it's cartel money coming in. It's dirty money coming in and laundered money coming out. Yeah. The laundry is a symbol of that. The dirty clothes coming in and the clean clothes coming out. Yeah. The school gym donation in this episode while Gus yeah. is giving, doing a little thing at the school gym, that's cl- that's dirty money coming in to the system, yeah. but clean money because he's right, gifting it to the school coming yeah. out. And then when we have that shot of um, where Lalo calls uh, um, Hector, yes, in the background of Hector's office, there's a there's a either a humidifier or a purifier which is blue, which is why it stands yeah. out. And it's Hector's the blue bedroom. theme. And the purifier is clean air coming in or dirty air coming in and clean air coming out. So with a cartel, yeah. it's dirty in, clean out connotations. That's... And elsewhere, we get these clean in, dirty out. Well, that's interesting because remember, we had a humidifier in Jimmy's apartment in one of the episodes mm. in um, season six, where our attention's deliberately drawn to it because Kim right. picks it up and moves it. She picks it up and moves it twice during the scene. Right. That's um, right. And that's the Perfect. same because of Jimmy's connection to the cartel and what Kim and Jimmy are up to. It's the the dirty air coming in and the clean air going out. That's exactly it. That's it. And I have another point from this, but I'll leave it. So um, back to the plot. So we have the whole sequence of the, the shooting and the, uh, the shooting of the film and um, the development of the pictures. Hard receives the pictures over at HHM. Now we're getting ready for the thing. First of all, there's the, the boardroom scene where he's uh, tidying up the boardroom and there's Danishes yeah. and he's given the uh, the guy the centrifugal force um, yeah. lecture. And, and talking then, about Chuck. And Chuck, exactly. Bringing Chuck back in. Chuck. Exactly, bringing all back all those feel feelings. Mm. And then, uh, then Hard gets the chemicals on his skin from the photographs. And That's um, right. then he gets all haywire and uh, at the conference, um, at the at the conference, uh, Hard accuses the judge of corruption. As soon as he sees the guy and recognizes, places the face to the pictures and the cast yeah. on the arm, he's like, "Holy shit! This guy took money from Jimmy, 
And yeah. This is all. This is he's corrupt. This is hard explodes. Yeah, um, I know. And the thing about this, the the stuff that they put on his skin is that it it doesn't make him feel any different, but it makes him look different. It makes him his eyeballs all dilated. Yes. And, um, it makes him feel warm. Actually, doesn't it make him feel warm? So he, he's saying how hot it is. So whenever he starts to talk about the judge, it does look like he's having some kind of fucking I right. don't know some outburst, some kind of yeah outburst. See, that's what that's interesting too, because again, that the hard's eye there is like the filter of the camera, right? And now, and the guy at the start of the of the of the show was saying how yeah. this is a this is this kind of camera and this is this kind of camera and this one's shit and this one's good. And it's all about the light coming in and how good the lens is and how the lens itself changes what is perceived by the person on the other side of the lens. So when yeah. Hard ingests the drugs, hit the lens of his eyes changes and expands and that affects how he reacts to the situation that he's in. Yeah. So it's like how you look at things or the lens through which you look at things alters the perception of those things. Right, okay. Yes, okay. Maybe yeah. we did talk about how Howard's reaction was out of character because it was so mm. extreme that normally he would be much more tactful and much more reserved. And That's so, right. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. And my favorite quote from this sequence is when Aaron Brill says uh, over the phone, over the polycom to the people, the situation here is fluid. <laughs> yeah, because there were yeah. all the fluids right before that there's the pop can the soup the chemicals the, the photograph film and then yeah. there's there's jimmy and kim having sex on the couch that could be described as a fluid oh, situation yeah right just happened yeah. then cliff thinks he's on coke they they have a cliff and hard have a uh meaning head to head a difficult cliff has a difficult conversation with hard yeah but hard because he's hard he has the best reaction so to speak uh, that we could expect of him in that situation. They're forced yeah. to settle with Schweik and Coke. Schweiker comes in, he applies the pressure, right? Yeah. Um, and they're forced to settle. So that's where we leave them off um, for that part of the uh, episode. Um, <clears throat> so now what's been going on with the cartels? Lalo hides in a storm drain. Oh, should probably comment before then that <clears throat> Jim and Kim have a rad old time celebrating their victory. They're so, um, they're so pumped by what happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so Lalo is hiding in a storm drain. This is clean water coming in, dirty water coming out of a storm drain or sewer. Yeah. Um, and he's observing it, the laundry. Like, isn't it dirty water going into a storm drain because it's flowing off the streets? Well, well clean water comes matter, clean water comes from the sky. It's rain coming right, down. Okay. And then dirty water going I don't know, out getting... through the storm drain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's right. Yeah, it's like it's washing Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Albuquerque doesn't get washed often enough, apparently. It needs to, yeah. it needs to shower more often. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Lalo's down there. He's observing from afar. So he calls Hector, and um, he realizes, he suddenly realizes the calls are being monitored. Yeah. Um, so he's given away the fact that he's there, but he quickly um, changes tack, and he tells Hector that he's going to take down Gus that same night. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, yes. Yeah. He realizes that he's being listened to. That's right. And so Mike intercepts the call and uh, he scrambles the goon squad um, to protect Gus. Yeah. Who, insofar as we know, is hiding out in his fortress of solitude. Yeah. I wondered if he was down in the laundry. 
down in the pit because um well has he got there yet we i think that has to be too dramatic oh yeah he well, did he leave in that episode no he i don't know but of course um, he did he left no no that was the previous episode when he went to plant the gun so yeah, for all we to... know gus is at his um at the bat cave yeah, but whenever Mike went, um, we we meet Mike going to the laundry, and that's where where um, Tyrus and everybody is, which mm. is why I thought maybe he had moved into the laundry because he was that that's where all of his people were. But then you're oh, right. Whenever okay. Lalo or whenever Lalo makes his call, we see Mike come out of they the laundry leave. and they all get in yes. and they leave. But they were yeah. leaving to get him at the gym. So where are oh. they taking him back to? I bet that they're taking him to the the bat cave for sure. No, that this is Gus's fortress. Yes, the solitude. Is. Yeah, it's home from home. Yeah, and uh, and um, I think then there'll be a dramatic thing where he makes his way to the. the yeah, uh, that'll be the, the next the meth lab somehow. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe maybe yeah, uh, that could be it. So anyway, um, so that takes care of the uh of the plot so far the last scene then comes about where worlds collide and uh howard howard first arrives at jimmy's place to confront him and uh, him and kim yeah and um during which he realizes how much kim enjoyed the whole thing and it wasn't just jimmy um that kim was an equal player at least yeah and uh right then lalo arrives and uh moments later he uh kills hard I know that's a really interesting scene um, what Howard says because he really is able to like he, he doesn't get it at the start and he's talking to Jimmy about how he understands about Jimmy but he doesn't really get it with Kim and then it clicks he just he suddenly gets it and he understands that they get off on it um, that's right and how fucked up it is and of course yes. we know that that's the case we've always you know speculated about that and then you know, full confirmation whenever they, they sabotaged Howard and they decided to have a quick shag, you know, while it was yeah. all being played out on the polycom. It's like, oh, yeah. yuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is really interesting. And then just that moment with Lalo, there's so much attention to detail, like whenever Lalo opens and the camera flicker or the, the candle flickers on the table and the, the tension in that scene is just incredible. Um, and then poor old Howard, what a shocker. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure. Totally unexpected and yeah, totally unavoidable. As soon as they the, the two decisions were made, Kim to um uh to teach her a lesson and Jimmy to take the money to cross the desert and get Lalo's cash, and that was yeah. it. They were yeah, always gonna right. end up in that place. Yes. Um now I only have a couple more comments. One is um that while we were doing the while I was reviewing the clean in dirty out stuff. Yeah. Um, I realized um, that your the morality theme is reflected in this too. Yeah, we get shots of Kim when she's a child. We hear about Jimmy and Chuck when they're children. Um, not so much the other characters, but but Nacho is portrayed as a child of his father. There's this idea yeah. of um, when you're young, when you're a child, you you're like a clean slate. Um, not just in terms of knowledge and stuff, but in terms of morality. So when you're in your childhood, you develop a sense of natural justice, right? You, you feel um, you can you can understand when you've been wronged. Um, yeah. You can understand the, <laughs> sorry when someone else has been wronged, um, and you can observe when you've wronged someone, right? You gradually yeah. learn these things, and it's a natural sense of justice. But as you grow up. And become an adult the world gradually corrupts your moral sensibilities yeah so that your moral even your sense of morality and what's right and wrong gets skewed or or yeah. infested 
by your parents and everything else your parents and the people around you in the community and and all the shit that goes on and so i think there might be an element of that being expressed as well where we're seeing these characters as 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 adults getting getting their moral sensibilities basically fucked up yeah experiencing the world yeah it's true because in in kim's case um it was her mom so whenever she was arrested for shoplifting and uh, her mom came to, to sweet talk the, the clerk and then fucking stole the, the earrings that Kim intended to steal on the way out mm. as a little gift for her um, right. and laughed it off and said she didn't know Kim had it in her. And then with Jimmy as a child, it was the man who scammed his dad who came in and told him that there were wolves and sheep and you've got to pick which one you're going to be, you know. And yeah. yeah, so that's very true. So right from an early age, they, they were they were being shown about how... Um, it benefits you to do immoral acts, acts, I guess. Yeah, that's right. As small and, as they and, are. and I think it's a fascinating question. I was thinking about this today. I don't want to go into it too much, but but <clears throat> so there's an element of which we some children are born nice like Kim and are are affected yeah. by adult this this corruption. But others like Jimmy, when he he was he was affected when he witnessed the injustice committed on his dad by the by the guy he didn't react with this his reaction was revenge and and make your own justice yeah an opportunity yeah but just like that to reject ordinary concepts of justice and injustice yeah right and so that's that's weird but it's i think it's a relevant question as to when we should do this in life when should we because we all those of us who grew up sort of sort of nice are we are corrupt. We, we we see all this moral corruption everywhere and we're not perfect ourselves. But even when we see that we, we, we still respect basic rules. Yeah. Right. But maybe there comes a time when we should question if we should continue to respect the basic rules. <laughs> Depending. On. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like, are when you is trying it... to lead up to a point where you're going to decide to be like some kind of fucking friend of the cartel? <laughs> no, no, not exactly. No, but but there is a point at which a person who has tried in this society to do the right thing, but hasn't received the rewards that abiding by the rules are supposed to convey. And at yeah. a certain point of time, they should question if they should continue to abide by the rules or not. Well, why should they question that? Because they're never gonna, because, because they, because it's like a pact. You agree yeah. to participate by the rules of society if you receive the benefits of engaging with the society. That's yeah. the pact. So if the society doesn't honor its side of the bargain, then the pact is meaningless. Yes, but you're, you're, you or a person, not just you, but a person may have a skewed sense of what that pact is. So your understanding of what that pact is, is also affected by how you've been influenced throughout your life. Absolutely. So you that's, have a much true. different expectation of what the community and society owes you. And I have a different understanding of what the community and society owes me. So therefore, what your your argument that at some stage, the community isn't fulfilling its obligation to you, and therefore you should act out and break all these moral um status quos or these moral um i don't know rules or whatever um is totally skewed by your own personal belief about what what the society owes you when actually society doesn't owe you anything 
Well, I mean, society doesn't owe you anything is not true. That that statement's not true. But 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 uh, but all I'm saying true? is that from the point of view of the cartel or Jimmy or Kim, yeah, they certainly seem to believe that they can operate outside the law because society hasn't society doesn't do the job that it's supposed to do. Yeah. I don't think they do think that. I think they think that they get to act outside the law because they've got a greater benefit to society by doing so. They bring more benefit to society than not doing so. So they're um, framing it in a sense that um, although these actions are outside of the rules at the moment, so much, so much more benefit is being brought into the community after that fact. Um, and Jimmy said that to Huel in the car when Huel said, why do you do all this shit? And he said, well, you don't see the bigger picture. There are going to be so many more people that are better off because we're doing this. Um, and that's yeah. their framing of it. It isn't community owes me all this shit, so I'm going to be a dick. Um, <laughs> it's I'm going to do all this stuff and be a dick for the benefit of the community. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. That's definitely their, that's definitely their mindset. But um, I still maintain my position that they f- feel themselves justified in going outside the normal rules yeah. because they're fulfilling a function that the normal society can't fulfill. Yeah, um, or hasn't fulfilled. Hasn't um, fulfilled. Yeah. The other look at it. The other. And I think that's the attitude of criminals in general, but or just poor people in general. Like, think about how how no, think about how I don't. Yeah, we probably shouldn't do this, but think for instance, <laughs> consider how the the conservative parties right always fucking point the finger at, at people scamming the dole. Yeah, right. But why do lower class? Why do people scam the dole? Well, the dole we should explain is like unemployment benefit in the UK, double um, dipping. So, yeah, job seekers who can claim unemployment and then go off and do um, paid work under the under the radar and and double dip assignments. Yeah, and then and then the, the Tory party always thinks that says that the government's inefficient because these people are getting away with fraud. They're yeah. they're the ones who are causing um, the, all the high well, taxes and shit. But I don't think they do say that. Like, I haven't heard oh, they, that in they a used, long time. They, I know, not in a long time, because it's fucking ridiculous, but they used to say that shit. I know, but it's still... But it was just I, an example of how, why lower class people would think that they can play outside the rules. Yeah. Yeah, and I That's guess there's saying. certain... It's there's a mindset. Certain, yeah, there's certain... Um, I guess there's different... Um, thresholds. Threshold isn't the right word, but... There's no, I think it's a perfect word. Um, yeah, of, of every man has a price is play. another way of saying it. Yeah, of course, every man has a price. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's true. I don't know. What's your price? <laughs> I'm I'm dirt cheap, right? <laughs> Dirty deeds done with sheep. That's me. Oh my god! <laughs> I always have to lower the tone. I know. So we See, said that... we'd um, chat a wee bit about what we think is going to happen over the next six episodes. Yeah, right. Um, did we? Oh, yeah, we got to the end. We did it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I have one prediction that I want to lay out. Okay, go Here ahead. It is. Here it is. It's the end of the show. Oh, right. Okay, that's your prediction. The show at the end of end. the show. <laughs> at the end of the show, <laughs> Jimmy says, of all the bun joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. <laughs> so you think that Kim is going to walk into Cinnabon and Albuquerque? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. This is going to happen. No way. <laughs> no way. We also said that we were going to do like a recap of all the flashbacks. 
but we didn't get to it. That's true. We didn't. But well, we could do like a quick summary of the storylines, couldn't we? So Jimmy's been working in Albuquerque, or not Albuquerque, where is he? Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah. In a Cinnabon. And um, I guess in seasons five and six, he starts to realize that he's being rumbled by a taxi driver, this mystery taxi driver who first picks him up from the hospital after he has a little kerfuffle. Um, and then he goes on the lamb, he goes on the run again to this restaurant to make sure he's not being followed and then heads back into town. Um, and then the taxi driver sees him in the mall and like totally yeah. confronts him and calls him out and gets him to say his famous tagline. Um, yeah. And then he's going to call See, for another extraction and tells the guy, the vacuum guy, that he's just going to take, take care of it on his own. Yeah, that's right. Vacuum's another example. That's a clean air coming in and dirty <laughs> air coming out. <laughs> Or because he re- provides a reverse function, it's a dirty person coming in and a clean person coming out. Oh, that is what it is. Because the <laughs> vacuum does suck in all the dirt off your floor and the clean That's air right. fil- is filtered and comes back out into the room. That is what it yeah. is. Yeah, That's absolutely. so funny. I bet, you, you know, if we went back through the episodes, we would find more um, references to that in other seasons. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing about the um, the taxi driver is, you know, what was so cool about that was that Jimmy worked so hard to build his fame in yeah. Albuquerque. That's he right. Actually, yeah, he actually built the personality of Better Call of Saul Goodman, right? Yeah, that's he made right. himself a star, and yeah. then the star that he created is his downfall. Yes, <laughs> in fucking Omaha. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Um, so yeah. yeah, so you think that and that even, story arc will end whenever Kim walks into a Cinnabon, a Cinnabon. 100%. And do you think they're going to take off then into the sunset or die in like some kind of crazy shootout? I don't know. I think it might be one of those face moments where Jimmy just has a look on his face or something or they smile at each other. Yeah. And that's it. It ends and that's or something. The end. Like or oh we just God. see, what would even be better is if we just saw Jimmy working at the Cinnabon and then we saw a shot of Kim's feet yes walking in her high heels towards the cinnabon or even like at the side of her head with like that little earring that she always wears yes perfect a little hint perfect we should have written this show (laughs) (laughs) but what a cheesy ending i don't think they're gonna treat us to that kind of happy ending well i'll tell you what made me think of it i read i was reading the wikipedia and um um the uh, what's it the wikipedia i don't know but the writers um, at one point, I can't remember if it was a writer or something, was saying that, um, how is it going to end, you know? And um, yeah. the way to think about the ending is to think about, well, what do these people deserve? What do these characters deserve? Yeah. And I thought, what does Jimmy deserve? You know, it depends on how we frame. <laughs> it depends on how we view Jim and Kim. Yeah. Are they Mickey and Mallory Knox? Do they deserve to get shot to death at the end? Or whatever yeah. happened to them, they got arrested or something. Um or are they or do they do they get away into the sunset what do we know. want from how do, what do we think yeah i know my goodness i don't know they've just been the, the the past couple of episodes we've just seen a real sinister turn and if we think about like jimmy that complete character right through breaking bad 2 i'm not sure that he does deserve a happy ending well that's the thing that that's very much the thing but but then you could also frame it as Kim coming back. Maybe he thought Kim was dead or would spend life in prison or will be yeah. living something we, we don't know. But um, when she walks back in, then, then Jimmy has to have that feel that he has to come face to face with his past. Yeah. And, and what he did. Yeah, yeah. But was it Jimmy, um, like if you think about um, 
how this this season has shaped up so far. Like we did speculate at some time, sometimes about you know we saw Kim through bars a lot, and could that mean that she's um, going to be arrested or somehow implicated in Howard's death and end up in in prison? But we know that that isn't going to happen now because Lalo has has um, Lalo killed Howard in. Uh, in, in the shootout and we know that because of Rich's reaction after Howard's takedown and because Howard himself said you know yes of course I would be able to recover from this and I'm going to get a shitload of money from um, the, the court case and stuff uh, that had Lalo not killed Howard, Howard would have gone on and been successful again um, mm-hmm. or just retired from the law with a shitload of cash from Mesa Verde or whatever yeah. the, or Sandpiper um, yeah, which is maybe what I would have done. So I said, "Fuck it, I'm just going to go off and embrace this life as a Buddhist yeah. with all he, my he money." Op- I'm, yeah, he could have opened a yoga studio. I know for sure. Um, so yeah, I don't think Kim is going to end up in prison. Um, I think maybe there is an outcome potentially where she does go off into witness protection because of how now they've been involved in Howard's death, death because they've witnessed it. Um, there have been a couple of. Um, sound bites on idea. instagram where <clears throat> jimmy says that justice must be done but we all know that jimmy has a very skewed sense of justice so does that mean justice in the traditional sense or justice in jimmy's understanding of justice and revenge yeah. and everything else you know yeah um so yeah i think you're right that there will be uh an instance or a confrontation in la in between Lalo and Gus in Gus's house in that um in his fortress and I think that's how they'll end up at the pit so they'll they'll Lalo will end up in the fake house um Gus's fake house and be surrounded by Mike's guys and then they'll all go off to the pit together um because he'll want to see the pit the drugs pit and they'll all go off to the pit together <laughs> and there'll be a kerfuffle down inside the pit somehow or or something like that the question is what happens with Jim and Kim and Lalo because Lalo and Jim and Kim, we left them in the apartment with Hart's body on the floor. So how's that going to be tied up? You know, you know what would be really cool is if Mike and, and uh, Gus and Lalo were down in the cave, right? In the meth lab. Yeah. And we don't see it. But prior to them going down, Gus whispered in Mike's ear that there was a gun taped under the thing. <laughs> so they go down in there. They're separated. Mike is standing near the thing and Gus this is standing somewhere. This is some Scooby-Doo there. shit. So we're like, what the fuck? Oh, what's going to happen? Mike doesn't know the gun is there. And then yeah. suddenly he goes for the gun and he shoots Lalo. And, and it's like, whoa! <laughs> but then we don't know. Like, Jimmy never finds out that Lalo's dead if Lalo dies. Because later on, he in Breaking Bad, one of the lines he, he says is, did Lalo send you? And <clears> that's right. So Jimmy doesn't know that... Um, if Lalo dies, Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't know that Lalo dies, which is another reason where it is plausible that Lalo gets arrested and gets sent down for Howard's murder um, and Kim gets taken off into witness protection. But then why doesn't Jimmy, why doesn't that happen to Jimmy too? You know, yeah, would be the other question. I would think it has to be something that makes sense from the cartel side. You know, we know that um, the, the Breaking Bad actors, Aaron Paul and uh, What's-His-Face, yeah. Walter White, are coming into the how can I forget that name? Well, I know I, why I can forget it. Um yeah. are come are coming into this at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're billed. And our theory about um Saul being the the nexus, the, the centrifugal force that's created uh, this world. The, the center of the centrifugal oh, yeah. force. He has right? to bring them in. 
he has to have something to do with it. So, and then yeah. I wonder how that's going to impact things. So, yeah. There's been some speculation about a high-profile character joining the show or a high-profile actor. So I wonder who okay. that is and who that will be. It's a new, if it's a new character, then what well, I do know that I have. I think I heard that Lydia Rodark Quayle or Lydia Dark Whale, um, her she couldn't return for the um for the finale, so they had another actor come in for her. And who's that? Lydia Lydia Rodark Quayle. Who did she play? No, that's the character. Oh. Ladia Darkwheel. I don't know who. Oh, from Madrigal. Madrigal. That's hilarious because I couldn't remember Madrigal. <laughs> yeah, but you remembered her fucking name. Jesus yeah. Christ. But oh, just because I read That's him. what it is then. Maybe that's who it is. They have somebody else come in to play her character. How will she, like, if she's coming back then and she's in the finale, how will that play out? So does that mean magical okay that's or it's sometime in the last part of the season i guess i don't know when yeah um yeah so what else do we need to talk about what other predictions can we make any um mike how I, will we know mike survives into breaking bad yeah i think it's i think it's interesting to contemplate how they said that um like weird just in the silence, the people across the street are playing Here Comes the Sun. No way. That's totally insane. That's totally <laughs> insane. For listeners, just whenever we were starting to record, my Alexa, I've got like an Alexa in my kitchen where I'm sitting, um, started to speak German and then started to play Here Comes the Sun. And that's now it's fucking just, weird. That's so strange. That's that so is strange. Odd. Now it's happened in Vancouver. Wow. That is odd indeed. Yeah, I don't know if there's it. I I tell you, the only thing I want to comment on is that in each season we've tried to predict things, and then we've always fucked it up. <laughs> but yeah, but but there's always always some weird twist or weird thing in a plot it. that you can't anticipate, right? Yeah, that's right. And so it's going to be something like that. Yeah, it's bound you know, to be. The only real question is, Kim live or die? And yeah, and if if the statement who gets what they deserve is here then i think kim deserves a reprieve yeah she does and i think jimmy deserves to lose kim yeah i think so too and that's it but then how does that come about because lalo lalo's in the apartment with this dead body and and jimmy and kim he's not just gonna let them fucking wander off into the into the city you know what i mean like, yeah he's not gonna let them <coughs> out of his sight now you're right. I mean, I so suppose it depends on your concept of justice. Like if Kim, Kim was, Kim set hard up. Yeah. Was she partially responsible. She also knew that Lala was alive. Yeah. And she, and she didn't, knew she was yeah. being followed. That's I right. mean, it's arguable that Kim was negligent with hard yeah. and is responsible for his death. Well, Howard, Howard wouldn't have been in that situation had it not been for Kim deciding to teach him a lesson. Like, that wasn't right. Jimmy's choice, and Jimmy was very uncomfortable with it. So that was absolutely Kim, and Kim was the, the, the reason that Howard died. It wasn't any other reason. This is crazy, Jimmy. It blows my mind that Kim might go down for Howard's murder, and Jimmy would turn state's witness against her. Yeah. That be. blows my mind. But how? But again, how? Because Kim didn't commit Howard's murder. She or will he defend it. her? Will Jimmy defend Kim? 
and she gets sent down. No, because again, it's like he wouldn't recover from that. He would be too devastated. And then why isn't he visiting her in prison? She has yeah, to disappear true. out of the show. So she has to disappear. Um, either that or maybe he does defend it or does is a witness against her. And But even that is so unlikely. Like, I just don't think that would ever happen. Maybe Kim is shot in the spine and she's paraplegic. And for the entire season of, of uh, Breaking Bad, she's hiding out in, in Saul's house. Oh, my God. Unable to leave, housebound. <laughs> While Saul is living his life with Saul Goodman. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. <laughs> or she could be like in all the backgrounds of Hector in the nursing home. And we just haven't <laughs> noticed it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. You never know what okay. the show's going to twist, how the show will twist. But it's, yeah, it's certainly right. going to be an exciting six weeks while we find out what's going to happen. Either yeah, that or it'll be, be awful and we'll just be like, what the fuck? You know what I yeah. mean? But I don't think <clears throat> yeah. that because season six, season six has been so good already. I think it's yeah. just going to serve up even more. That's um, right. Greatness. Yeah. Can I, can I, before we close out the show, can I say that, um, well, we know how many people have been listening to the shows roughly. You know, yeah. we've got a fair idea. We know there's quite a lot of you out there and we've been contemplating doing the upcoming um, Lord of the Rings uh, Tolkien Amazon Prime series next. Yeah. Um, we don't know if it's going to be a bulk release or if it's going to be a week weekly. If it's weekly, that will suit the podcast very well, if not. But the thing is that we don't know what the listeners feel about that. I know a lot of people are just listening to this to catch up with their Better Call Saul content. Yeah. But if you like our style, yeah, please give us a hint. If yeah. you've got ideas about what to do next, we want to hear it because we're genuinely struggling. <laughs> we don't know if this is the right course of action. What to do next. Yes. I just think we've been like, Saul, there's just so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll get that with another show, but we can have a go. I'm we sure can have a go, fun. but I would love at least one. Or t- I know a lot of our listeners are like, uh, but um. But I know there's a few of you out there that would have an inkling, have a little itch to just yeah. to just make contact. So just yeah. do it. <laughs> What's the email address, Jimmy? SaulRewind at gmail.com. There you go. You might even get a reply from Simon. Although we've been super busy lately. So hey, stranger just... things, stranger things have happened. Actually, stranger things has happened. Have you watched Stranger Things? I, I am. Do you know what? The kids wanted to watch it. So my kids are nine and thirteen. So oh. Um, the Jesus. kids wanted to watch it, so we have started season one. <laughs> Believe me, it just gets worse. Oh, really? So then, yeah, maybe that isn't a good idea. Um, I've thought about it with Kurt, with mine, mine. I've minor eight and ten, but yeah, there's just there's a few. It's the funny thing about Stranger Things is it's actually really even. This is the thing, right? This is what I want to get to in our eighties movies podcast. Yeah, you remember I said that the eighties movies were particularly good at at cheese. Yes. Yeah, those reconciliation scenes at the end yeah. of the movies, those those romantic scenes where the couple finally realizes that they For love sure. each other. The eighties movies were just better at that than anyone else. But I think one of the reasons why Stranger Things is so effective on people of any age is yeah. because it uses eighties strategies to communicate the sense of horror and fright <laughs> and yeah. strangeness, because yeah. the eighties was just very good at that. Shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. It is a very yeah. nostalgic show. Like, it has a very nostalgic feel. For sure. Like, even young kids can get severely creeped out 
by yeah. Stranger Things more than any other kind of show, you know? Yeah, yeah. Jack loves scary movies. He loves horror. So that's why I think, you know, is he okay with it? But I haven't seen it past the first few episodes of season one. So yeah. I'm like, is this a bad course of action? Because they, they want to watch it. And I'm going to, it's going to get to a point where I'm like, uh, well, we're not watching this. <laughs> there, There's real death and real um, yeah, uh, stuff for sure. Um, so yeah, it's one to be wary of. <clears throat> Kirk's the uh, same way. My younger one also likes um, these scary. He can watch anything, you know. Yeah. But um, still, you know, I'm sure I'm concerned that it will haunt their dreams. I know that's the thing. And as much as he loves it, he does sometimes have the odd nightmare or whatever, you know, scary mm-hmm. dream. So yeah, yeah, maybe we should. Uh, I'll just let it peter out. He might lose interest, and I'll not push it. So maybe we'll yeah. do something else. He's also yeah. really into Heartstopper too. Like he just watched Heartstopper. <laughs> I like how you're, you're just book. casually dropping in the name of your upcoming podcast. No, well, I'm not. Uh, it isn't <laughs> upcoming yet. It's still in. Do it. Don't music. say it. Come on. It's I am. Gonna gonna, happen. I am gonna say it. I am gonna do it. It's gonna come up soon, but um, not yet. I need to get a few partners on board. But you're going to, a Heartstopper podcast is upcoming from that Rewind show. Yes, hopefully. if it You if are it seeking podcast partners in the UK because I, although I'll enjoy the show. Yeah. I don't know if I, that's it's not too, my par- priority to podcast, but so you're going to find another partner. Yeah, and, that's um, right. And put out this show. So I think that's exciting because I think a lot of people that listen to us probably love yeah. Heartstopper too. For sure, and uh, I love I love Heartstopper. It's a great a great show. I've got a really great concept. I think I'm not going to say much about it now because yeah, yeah somebody yeah. might steal it. Um, yeah. So yeah, but watch this space. It it'll hopefully be out later this summer. Excellent. That's so exciting. So, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to chat about? No, I think that's good. Um. Uh. <clears throat> I think we can look forward to more more framing more yeah moral conundrums more corrupt morality i think we're going to get full-on breaking bad i think we're going to get full-on intense (laughs) drama that comes with breaking bad this is going to be uh, a step change now up to that kind of um that kind of what do you call it adrenaline filled tv i agree i think ultimately we have to figure out what kim deserves i know or because Jimmy, this is Jimmy's universe. He's created it. He's at the center of it. That's right. Um, is it about what Jimmy deserves and not about what, what Kim deserves? And what and what Jimmy thinks Kim deserves, maybe. Oh my God. What does <clears throat> Jimmy think Kim deserves? Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Although he's still a sucker for Kim. Kim has power over him. That's right. But that's the crux. That could be the that could be yeah. the hinge of the next episode of the next season. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, we've got a really indulgent amount of time because we we must be close to the end. Like Lalo's back in Albuquerque. Um, there's this huge confrontation. It's just about to happen. And we've got six episodes to watch it play out. So right. what kind of time span are we going to cover? Like the first six episodes haven't covered a huge amount of time. Yeah. You know, in terms of the universe. So that's right. I think it's going to be adrenaline filled. Six are we, or, or maybe we'll get another 60 minutes of Mike sitting on his arse <laughs> watching things happen waiting. We'll, get like, we'll get like a whole episode of them just waiting for lalo to turn up at, at Gus's house. Yeah. yeah that's right <laughs> yeah lalo's watching from his storm drain across the street and they're watching the storm drain <laughs> yeah and i Mike wonder gives if he'll send jimmy and kim in. maybe he'll <laughs> send jimmy and kim in first 
Well, yeah. That's what's um, going to happen, is he'll send Jimmy and Kim or Kim or Jimmy on their own. And uh, and that's, yeah. Because it'll have, if they're going to end up in the in the drug pit, then it'll have to be because of Lalu's pressure on the other people to get them to take him there. Why would they not just kill him? Yeah, as that's soon true. As anyway, mm-hmm. let's, let's wait and see what happens. But yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, thanks so much for listening. It's been really great. Um, we've absolutely loved producing this show, especially since um, we actually started to post it instead of like recording it away. Uh, season six has been a real dream so far. And yeah, thanks for your support and thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. We can't wait to see what happens over the next six weeks. We'll be back um, full on uh, our normal schedule next Friday will be whenever we post the episode although we could try to post it sooner should we try to post them sooner because I'm going to be in Paris and we are going to have to post it sooner these weeks if we're going to post it sooner we're going to post it sooner yeah so we'll record we're going to try to record and post sooner if we can um, but we're not making any promises we'll see what happens yeah it'll be a pie crust promise <laughs> what is a pie crust promise it's easily made easily broken <laughs> That's I've never heard that. From the lips of, was it Mary Poppins, I believe? No way. Okay. Yeah. Well, accept our pie crust promise. Yes. Thank you. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe, or if you listen, hit that bell notification if that thing exists on your podcast network or podcast app or whatever. And yeah, have a great week. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye.